Welcome back, everybody. It's me, Matt Tinney, and... Jen Earhart. And you're about to listen to a didactic from the CIT Echo. To learn more about CIT Echo, check it out at gocit.org. You can also send Jen an email at... J-E-A-R-H-E-A-R-T at cabq.gov. Hope to see you guys soon. Enjoy. Bye. Okay, so as I said, uh, my name is Carol Bruska. I am with the Albuquerque Street Connect um, Street Outreach Team. The purpose of our outreach team is to address the issue of high utilization amongst our first responders by connecting those most in need with the appropriate services and housing. Uh, We were just funded by the city as of July 1st. We did a pilot project just um, last year for the whole year to see what we needed to change, how it was going to work. what the population was like that needed our support. And we discovered that um, in the downtown area, there were several people that were either high utilizers through um, emergency services or that were some that were underutilizing services. So there were, um, we came across people who were not accessing any services at all, who were at risk of um, either freezing to death in the winter um, or being, um, injured by others or just by sheer neglect, um, ending up dying. So we helped um, six people, approximately five or six people last year with our pilot project, and we got them from the streets into housing. And of those that we helped last year, one is in assisted living, one is in um, a nursing home, three and the three remaining are housed, one in a group home and two in apartments. That doesn't mean that they're actually always staying in their apartments. We have one person who's been housed who does not spend more than a night a week in his apartment because he's not accustomed yet to doing that. But we have seen that through our um, intensive outreach, we've been able to get people from the streets, decrease the amount of interactions they're having with law enforcement, EMS, AFR, um, and the hospitals, and get them the services that they need. So by September 1st, Our hope is that we will have 30 individuals identified for this year. Our funding goes through the um, end of July or end of June. So we're hoping to identify 30 individuals by the 1st of September that we are going to serve this year. We'll have two navigators on our team and two law enforcement officers on our team. And what we do is we will go out into the community, starting in the downtown area, um, and then depending on where the high utilizers are, reaching out to them as well. We're going to get our um, the referrals from the um, first responders, meaning we're going to get some information from the Department of Health Exchange, from EMS, EMS, APD, AFR, emergency rooms, UNM, Presbyterian, um, and Loveless. And then what we'll, once everybody um, gives us those, they're what they would consider their top 20, then we will compare all of those and then figure out uh, – who it is that we're going to work with for the year. So what's going to happen is that when anyone is referred to our Street Connect, they'll be put on a list, um, an interest list is what we're calling it, and then we will triage them to see who actually meets criteria and um, who we can serve, who we can best serve. So we'll take a look at those people that um, have been high utilizers of services in the past and those that... Um, for whatever reason, have not accessed services. So we know that there is um, great outreach in the city right now, but 
sometimes the outreach is not intensive enough that people will follow through with the outreach information that they get. So we're trying to help those people and then also the people that are the frequent flyers, either to the hospital, to um, APD, AFR, um, EMS. Because what we've realized in our first year is that if we can work together as a team with the hospitals and with all the emergency services, we can cut down on the interactions that the clients are having with the emergency services. So that saves funds or other uses, and then it actually helps the clients to get off of the streets and get the services they need. So like I said, that um, I'm the clinician on the team. We have Jody Jepson, who is managing the team. We have a SOAR representative. So if somebody comes in and they need um, Social Security and they don't have that yet, then we've got somebody that can fast track that for them. We'll have two navigators, a female and a male navigator, who will do the intensive um, work with them. So if that means... Um, we have someone that needs to go to the hospital. The navigator will follow that person to the hospital and stay with them until we they're settled in or till we know what's going to happen and then follow up with them the next day or until they're discharged. What we're trying to do is close the loop so people no longer fall through the cracks and so that they can um, get the services they need. And they, like I said, we can decrease the interactions that they have with other emergency services. So, so far, we've seen that it's been pretty successful. Um, we had one person that was having, I want to say, close to 100 interactions with EMS on the west side, um, EMS, APD. Um, they brought us in because they were really concerned that he was going to end up um, shot or killed because he kept grabbing for law enforcement guns. So we were able to get him in our services. Um, we had several meetings with the client with our navigators, with um, law enforcement, with his care coordinator, um, his case manager. And as a team, we've been able to kind of work with him to support him through the process. He's still struggling at this point. Um, he's got a help. He's got his own apartment. He personally is still struggling because um, his alcohol abuse is so intense that it's difficult for him to move past that. But that just means we're working as a tight system to try to support him. We recognize that many of the people that we're working with are very intense and um, difficult. So it's not going to be like we're going to save the world and find them housing and it's going to be happily ever after. We expect that there's going to be some um, people falling back off of, of housing or that they might start using uh, EMS services again or APD. But if we can at least move them forwards, it will be a constant forward movement. So that's that's our hope. Um, so we're gonna what we're gonna look for when we triage is we're going to be uh, looking at their the uh, needs that they have immediately. So we're gonna look at making sure that they're stabilized. Whether that means um, make, hooking them up with one of the psych hospitals or the psych clinics, uh, making sure that their medical needs are being met, that their psych needs are being met that if they have any legal issues, that we can find out what those are and support them through that process, um, get them SSI or SSDI if that's appropriate. Um, payee, most of our people that came in to us last year, um, now, if not all of them, have payees because even if they had their SSI, they were not managing it well, they were using it on substances or um, they were not managing it well enough that they could stay in their housing. So. All of them now have payees, which has really helped. We have created relationships with um, guardians, with the payees, with 
UNM. Um, we've worked with Dr. Martin and with Dr. Abrams. So if we do a C of E, then um, I can call the emergency to PDS and I can say we're sending over so-and-so. So they're already prepared to um, expect that person. And then our navigator can follow up and make sure that what's going to happen with that person, whether they're being held or discharged. And then we can go back out that next day and meet with them face-to-face and then make sure that when the person is discharged, we can catch them right at discharge. We've also worked with Dr. Abrams to make sure that if uh, someone is needing a shot, we can call ahead and say so-and-so, although they don't have an appointment today, they're here, they showed up, can we get them in? So by creating these relationships and networking, um, it seems like we are beginning to be able to work together as a really tight team and then um, navigate these people through the system in a way that is useful to them and um, where they don't fall through the cracks. So um, that's pretty much what we're, uh, what our team is about. Um, like I said, it's Jody is the director. I'm the clinician. We've got a navigator, Thomas Fleming, and another navigator, Megan Brown. Um, Teddy Rivera is our uh, SOAR rep. And then Jerome uh, Armijo and Matt Murphy are from APD. And they will be going out with us when we're doing street outreach. So we always are remaining safe. There's not a concern that something, um, if we've got someone who's very psychotic or someone who is um, potentially dangerous, we will have them to go with us during that process. So um, we're really excited about doing this work. We're, we're got, we have one navigator that is leaving, so we've got two new ones coming on. So we should be up and running, ready to go by September 1st. But what we're doing right now is really trying to build relationships, get the word out, um, trying to gather who everybody thinks the top 20 are so that we can see where the crossover is. And when we know where the crossover is, then we'll be able to figure, triage and figure out where our clients are. We're also, the city has also asked us to go into the encampments. So um, we'll be doing that as well, be trying to figure out if any of the people in the encampments um, across town can be um, a match for our team. If not, if we can get them other resources so that we can break down those encampments because that's a a really big concern for the city. So that was um, everything in a nutshell. Um, I wanted to make sure that we had plenty of time to talk about questions that people might have or I could certainly tell you about um, a couple of our folks. There was one person that had been on the streets for many, many years. Um, he was constantly uh, intoxicated and getting arrested and then getting um, beat up or injured. And not until we were able to get him into services um, did we discover that he actually had um, Dementia. And so once we found out that he had dementia, then um, we were able to get him into a nursing home where he's been for the last six or eight months. And we we stopped by to see him recently and he's doing great. His memory is not there, but he's doing, he's safe and he's not drinking and um, he's enjoying his quality of life. So we certainly see that as, as a success. There was another person that we were working with who, um, initially said she wanted housing, but um, what she ended up doing is getting into a motel room where she, we worked with her payee to help her get, um, make sure she had the money for a hotel 
or a motel every week. And so she's happily housed in a motel. So it doesn't necessarily mean that every single person is going to go into a particular type of housing or a particular type of service. We try to meet the person where they're at and we try to give them the services that they are um, requesting. We have someone, the one I was talking about, who is now housed in his apartment and who only sleeps there once a week or so. When we initially uh, met him, he was not interested in services, but then we spent time just building rapport with him and uh, got to the point where he was willing to come in and um, we were able to get him um, his social security and his apartment. And just recently he said he's interested in getting on methadone so he could stop his um, heroin addiction. So we feel, again, I mean, it's those, it's the, the intense work that we plan to do with people that seems to be um, the way we can have success with people who have long-standing history of not being successful. So, yes. This is Matt Tenner, the Elkhart Police Department. So you mentioned, you know, you have clients and helping them. Do you guys have a timeline that someone stays a client or so how case load? So there will be, we have two navigators and each of them will have about 15 clients um, for the whole year. And we, because we have 30 vouchers, 30 um, housing vouchers. And um, now some of those people end up going into a nursing home or a group home or um, assisted living, something like that, then that will allow us to actually bring on more clients because we'll have more vouchers. But the plan is, our initial plan when we started last year was to do a three-month hand, warm handoff. And what we realized is sometimes it takes longer than that partially because the initial building of rapport took several months. And so for them to be able to build rapport with the case manager that they feel comfortable with is taking longer than we anticipated. So we are going to stick with them until they're, um, they have a solid foundation of new case management and they're pretty settled in. It obviously doesn't mean that they're, they're going to be housed for the rest of their life because the nature of the population is that, you know, chances are that they might not be. Um, but certainly if, things started to fall through the crack, we are more than happy to kind of step in and see if we can help um, light the ship again.